Welcome to Winning the Game of Life. Known as Jungle Man at the poker table, Dan Cates has gone from being the bag boy at McDonald's with no friends and a dead-end future to winning over $11 million in online poker, over $7 million in live tournaments, and is a World Series of Poker champion. He has found fame, fortune, been to incredible places all over the globe, and connected with some amazing people. It looks like Dan has won the game of life, but that is not the way he sees it. Dan sees winning as doing his part to help everyone in the world win. He knows he can't do it alone, though. He knows it's going to take a collective effort with anyone that wants to see the same thing. Join us each week as Dan starts the conversation to do just that. On the show, Dan will interview incredible individuals that have made the impossible possible. Those that have won the game of life and those that want to help others win as well. Hit subscribe and follow Dan's journey on Instagram at TheDanCates. Let's explore anyone and anything that can help make this world a better place, increasing the odds of us all winning the game of life. And now, here's your host, Dan Cates. What's up, guys? We've got a pool hustler among us, a pool billiards master, uh, like a real-life former pool pro, now poker pro he's got over 13 million in tournament earnings also very cool guy nick shulman nick what do you have to say for yourself jungle it's great to see you pal long time no speak thanks for having me on buddy it's great to see you too nick what uh what's been new in your life uh it's been a while so i don't know are you in las vegas where are you i'm in vegas i'm living here in vegas i have a daughter I'm still gambling for a living, playing some cards and, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time. How about you, buddy? I'm in India. Uh, India. Jungle man descends on India. Love it, bro. Yeah. Everything else has to be confidential at the moment for the public, but um, uh, (laughs) happy to see you. I'm a family man. I read... uh, well, I knew that you were a pool hustler before, actually. I was pretty sure. I knew that that was how you initially made your living. Um, how was that? It was great. I mean, I'm thankful for it. You know, it's one of those things when you when you do something like, I just kind of fell into it, you know, at a very young age. But uh, for me, pool is right up there with with the great games of the gods. So, so I'm thankful for I'm playing and and all of that um and you know I learned a lot about gambling and stuff and people and I don't know it was a great experience for me it feels like it would be really tough to make a living from that partly because there's so much skill and pool and um I don't know it just feels like it'd be hard to find like people to bet with unless they're really really good yeah it's hard to it's hard to make a living but at the same time I was a kid, but for the for the sort of adults playing and all that, you know, it's a tough living, but it can happen. You just you, you got to do what you got to do out there. OK. All right. Um, how uh, what made you decide to switch from that to poker? Fell into it, playing in a pool room, played a little sit and go, won it was was like, you know, kind of hooked ever since and jumped in some home games and stuff but I don't know somewhere in my teenage years I really just 
just caught the bug for uh for poker and and kind of just you know just sort of dialed in i guess i mean it was certainly more maybe like lucrative and stuff like that but i wasn't really thinking about that at the time i just kind of fell in love with playing and took it from there oh okay okay so wait you were a pool pro when you're like 12 or like before you're a teenager yeah 14 i was probably peaking around 15 i was in the u.s open and stuff like yeah and then 16 17 we were already entering a retirement of sorts it was kind of i also i had aspirations in pool of really being like one of the best players in the world and um and uh it you know i started to realize like it's it's tough it's uh very tough and I just kind of it sort of fizzled a bit for me when I felt I couldn't quite get to that level and and then poker took over and stuff yeah yeah to be the really best at these highly technical sorts of things is uh it's really a lot hard. of work yeah yeah I mean, it is. Um, like I imagine there's not that much glory in it or I don't know actually there might be a lot but it like really Depends how you define glory. You know, within the pool world, there's there's plenty. Uh, every every world has its own, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a great game, man. Okay, we'll get out next time you're in Vegas. I'll take you to the pool room. All right, sure. I'm terrible, but you know, I'm I got some. Pool All right, you're the now and then. Um, yeah. So uh, okay, poker. Um. Did you find anything that happened to translate from pool to poker? I think sensible and and comfort kind of gambling and taking risks. I mean, pool is a very nervy game playing in front of people and, and gambling or tournaments. So I think at least with the the sort of risk elements and poker and stuff, I I'm maybe a little bit of a natural with that, you know, the pressure and and stuff like that. And just just the environment somewhat similar ish gamblers you know etc so yeah i think there i think it laid some of the groundwork to kind of to kind of be comfortable with certain elements of poker okay all right and um uh what would you in poker what would you say your biggest um biggest challenge was when you're learning or was it just net always easy or did you ever yeah it's so interesting to kind of reconstruct my first five years of playing as opposed to a guy like yours where i think you were really building strategical ideas and and almost you know just kind of trying to ascend in a strategy game where you're sort of increasing your ev day by day chopping away etc <laughs> I was really just playing for years, you know, I, I had I read super system and, and read like all the books of the day. This is maybe let me think for a second. This is like 2000. Yeah, I started when I was 16. I was born in 84. So like 99, 2000 to like, 04. I just I played all day, you know, I played 10 hours a day every day, collected hands, played a ton of heads up um hmm. lots of cash tournaments 
and you know we built ideas kind of in our own way but but for me it was a lot of feel and a lot of just kind of just repetition and stuff so it's all sort of a blur but I know you know I immersed myself in it and just collected millions of kind of showdowns and hand histories which sort of helps the gut you know it helps the uh yeah yeah just that's how you build a gut it's it's just through a lot of repetition and that kind of thing would you say you're like more of an intuitive player then then certainly i mean i had no basis to really build theoretical ideas or you know i didn't i mean i used some of the very rudimentary programs like the equity calculators and stuff but really it was all intuitive and feel and just just stuff like that i had my little ideas like about certain board textures and stuff i would take notes and and kind of have ideas but yeah mostly feel i would say for a long time oh okay uh i'm asked because i'm also thinking i'm wondering to myself if like especially in today's mark today's not market but games um for live poker anyway online it's not possible but for live i wonder if it's uh if it's possible to beat the live games using just feel. And by the way, I should mention, uh, compared to the math, you were actually kind of close. What do you mean compared to the math? Your, uh, how do you say your, uh, well, I've been running my, uh, my uh, stats, I've been uh, accumulating stats on you while I've been playing with you the whole time. And your stats look pretty good. Let's just say that. I want to ask you all these questions. I mean, you're the jungle man, dude. Like, you gotta, you gotta give us something, man. <laughs> well, uh, you can ask me something. Uh, I'll, I can answer a little bit, but you can't keep asking me because you're the spotlight's on you. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, man, poker's a. It's so interesting, you know. Like, there's a lot of sports too where it's like. I don't know, man. Keep going. You got more questions for me, Jungle? I'm here. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, were you always playing? It sounds like you were mostly playing uh, cash games. Uh, well, it seems you play kind of everything, actually. Um, did was there like a progression of this, or did you? You must have started out with no limit, I think. But now you play eight game, or excuse me, all games, and uh, are pretty competent at those, I would say uh was yeah what was the story behind that were there any challenges along the way is it just cruising like just carrying the cashing in the checks or what it was all two card for me and then when i was maybe 17 i started playing to play those games live and online and then somewhere in my late teens i fell into sort of uh was in two card and i feel like at the end of the day when i when i look at myself that's that's kind of the first game that comes of uh all the poker games but but yeah along the way in new york city clubs going up to ac uh and online there were a lot of mixed games circulating and, and things like that so i sort of picked up everything along the way i guess and and i would say getting to know you the most we played in in mixed games together for for years but but yeah my start was two card cash games that was that was my thing and what about challenges more just like um challenges to learn something just aha moments uh downswings that kind of thing 
so many of all of these things, you know, it was my whole life for, for years. So, mm, I mean, downswings took, took a lot out of me sometimes and we would build ourselves back, back up aha moments, many of them, you know, but I think for me, I'm at my best when I'm in that flow state. It's almost like I'm not even there. I kind of just black out and get it done sometimes. Like that's like sort of how I, how I used to kind of just lock in, you know, let's just get the chips. <laughs> like, but of course, tons of these types of moments. So I'm sure you've had as well. What's your biggest aha moment coming up in the heads up scene? Let me just throw one at you. Biggest uh -huh. breakthrough for the jungle. Yeah, light bulb. Okay, let's see. Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, it was, I mean, a good one would be that to not, I mean, when I was starting early on was that to not really mess too much with people's big hands. Like I would, I was naturally quite aggressive and would like uh, test people in a lot of spots and just exploitively speaking to put tests on their bad hands generally i mean not always um that changed a little bit of t as time went on and dealing with more uh more competent pros who can like kind of identify the situations a bit better um yeah so something like that well you got to give one now if you're going to ask me my own questions back at me <laughs> i think paired boards for me and no limit i remember when i was like 17 uh Anytime there was like a middly paired board and defended the big blind, we were starting off with a check raise and, and getting all in, you know, by the end. So like that was like my thing. And I, I would find I would often build a really big pot and then just get them to kind of fold kings or, or whatever. I realized you can represent the nuts in no limit, like a hundred to 300 big blinds deep. And people loved overbetting and just kind of repping like, the biggest hand in the world in a spot where I guess if we look at it now, one could say my range probably had an advantage in the nuts or perhaps we had combos that they couldn't have. Three, five, seven from the big line, I'm all in. Like I'm leading bombs, three X pot leads. Like, so some of these ideas still sort of can, you know, carry on for today. Like that was kind of my style, I guess. And I realized like being the most aggressive player at the table or being the kind of captain, so to speak, carries benefits beyond just the hand in a vacuum, your image and, and such. They kind of, they have to, to sort of respect you. All right. That's a, that's a big insight, I would say, for a lot of players. Um, well, big insight that would be good for a lot of players to be able to take in for poker because, you know, in my experience playing, um, with a lot of beginners, it, it just feels like they're not really uh, messing, they're not really experimenting too much with those sorts of possibilities. Uh, it depends on who though, you know, there's, there's, it's, it feels like it's almost like a personality trait for me uh, that will do something like that because a lot of people just, it's almost as if they don't have it in them, but I, I don't like to believe that. Um, yeah, was it just always, huh? I know what you mean. I love that word experimenting because it's true. You know, on the come up really in any game sport, you, you do have to try out ideas and experiment and just kind of go for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, would you, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, when you think about like what a sport is, like kind of the point of sports is to, to push something, uh, push against something in some kind of way. Um, it you have to there's an element of challenge in it, and like experimenting is one version of that. Definitely, and you learn about yourself and and all these things. Would you, do you have any suggestions for other poker players to get into this flow state that you mentioned or? Um, you must have, oh, I, I would have some suggestions. All I would say is that if you're in a game, in a cash game, or aside from like remembering that life goes on, even if you get stacked or, or whatever, that you can't, one must have almost no attachments at all out there other than just playing the game. You know, we've all struggled with this, I think, over the years. Everybody who's played high stakes, whether it's a, a personal situation or maybe a money situation, but this stuff is no good. <laughs> like, when you're out there, you've got to really just be free. You have to want to play, in my opinion, or at the very least have some element of that where you're you're looking to get in there and really play the game, you know, bring a little chutzpah, like just, just have fun, forgive the cliche, but these things are really important, I think, uh, just for entering that kind of state where good things happen, you know, you got to leave the bullshit sort of at the door and, uh, and just kind of be free out there, maybe easier said than done, but it, it's big, you know, it should be a meditation of sorts, almost, it shouldn't be like, here we go, you know, some of these guys, every time they get queens or, or, you know, they're here we go, you know, <laughs> like, I'm sure the ace is coming. <laughs> That's not the way guys, like, just don't just play the game, you know, just what you need to do and let the cards fall where they may. Um, all right. Well, the word I was thinking of as, as I was listening to you, um, pretty close to it is uh, equanimity, uh, which, you know, obviously doesn't just apply to poker it applies to life as well though it's pretty hard to uh you know if, if um your girlfriend dumps you or or you lose your job or that kind of thing to be uh to have equanimity um in poker it's it feels like a little bit easier although you can definitely like you know it, like bubble a tournament or that kind of thing which is kind of devastating uh it's like practice for those like real disasters um, <laughs> if you can have fun bubbling a tournament, you can have fun, uh, you know, well, maybe not. <laughs> you can have fun, like kind of bad things anyway. No, I love that though. I mean, I, it's all just, you just try to do the next right thing, you know, and just try to just keep your head on your shoulders. Like, what are you going to do? It was your time. If you get called to bubble the tournament, you know, you can look at the choices that led to that, but your card got called, you know, you got to keep it moving. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. Um, I definitely agree. Are there any other attitudes you suggest for players at the table, especially people who are beginners or even intermediate players? Like one, the thing you said about not like being like, oh no, there's an ace coming. Um, should apply it's not really like there's not much upside to that kind of mentality that applies to a lot of players really uh yeah, yeah. what other sorts of uh, attitudes do you think are good for you know the people playing the game and also uh yeah and also for the rest of the table 
You know, like, I, I think you're great at this. Um, it's just natural for you. And it's something that I've also kind of grab. You kind of have to be yourself out there. Especially when I'm talking about playing live online, it's it's a little different. There's elements to that too, but but you do have to be yourself. You know, don't don't put on a little performance and and just kind of like flow the way you flow, if if that makes sense. I think a lot of intermediate players, especially, you know, they can kind of overcompensate in certain regards or just just flow how you flow. You mean maybe they can be too friendly with the fish or what do you mean? Or the other way, whatever, whatever it may be. I mean, if you're friendly, be friendly. You know, I don't like, I look at, I try to look at players as just human beings. Like I don't really differentiate skill levels when it comes to just exchanging pleasantries or being sort of normal. I mean, I'm a pretty, friendly guy i try to be like respectful so i don't even look at look at it like that in a way but just like yeah just i guess what i'm saying is if you're if you try to kind of be yourself you you retain more energy for yourself you know when you're being someone else it can suck your sort of energy we've all felt that everybody enters a sort of rut or something where you're like not really being yourself you gotta like just flow how you flow and and it, it's a way it helps you just kind of stay sharp in my opinion I, I mean if that makes any sense I, for me it's important okay it, it makes some sense i uh i mean definitely we all get into um times where we're not ourselves what if what if us being ourselves is a little bit obnoxious what do you well, think that's what i was Hey, that's okay. That's okay too. I mean, you're not committing a crime. You know, if you're not physically assaulting somebody or, and you, you feel like you're in a little bit of a bad mood or you want to be obnoxious, then go for it. I mean, you can work on yourself and decide, okay, this isn't somebody out, but I'm not even saying how to act. Just be yourself. If you're, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, well, <laughs> it is what it is you know you can't waltz in there and pretend like you're just doing amazing like sometimes i've seen you come into the poker room straight out of the jungle bro it is what it is like <laughs> it's just not it's it's okay like this this game like you can't just be amazing every day to be around or whatever but you try to be a solid person and all that but yeah that's fine too all right all right well it's kind of a uh it's an interesting message. Uh, I I think I mostly agree. Um, uh, what was I going to say? It'd be a good message for social media and that you don't have to be a, have a smile on your face all the time and that kind of thing. Um, it's an interesting message considering um, a certain particular player we often play with that uh, is often a little bit annoying when he wins. I, I would think that he uh i don't want to say any names i would just think i'm just surprised like maybe you would give the same advice to him i would personally try to be right him also uh oh, I think it's someone else no let's blast everybody i mean people blast publicly i think we can blast opie publicly <laughs> but who well but who else are you talking about that's an annoying winner um doesn't always play you know, you know why some people are annoying winners because they're such bad fucking losers 
So then it makes you kind of sick when they're winning because it's like one of those things. I try to be a a somewhat graceful loser, I suppose, or even maybe graceful is the wrong word, but at least keep a sense of humor about yourself because that way when you're winning, at least it's like, all right, you know, we've seen this fucking guy down and out, so whatever. But yeah, no, I agree. Take a guy like take a guy like OP, for example. That's a real gorilla. That's the real deal. Like he's not here to be your friend. Like it's just one of those things. We both learned a lot playing with that guy because he's such a great player and and like all those things. He really is, you know, one of the very best ever, like uh just live mixed game players. Unequivocally no argument, but that guy is a savage dude. Like the guy is a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a good just, heart. He's got a good heart. Um, I can, I'm pretty sure about that. He does. He's got a mix of niceness in there and miss a genuine stuff going on. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about what you said about the the bad winners are also the bad losers because I was thinking about myself. Like, definitely, I feel like I've improved on both fronts for that, and I generally think that people should not be bad either of those things and just try to change it by the way when you play uh i i mean i can tell when you're kind of upset but i would say you're pretty good at both um yeah no no one's got any complaints about you i'm pretty sure uh for me a bit more uh but thinking about it yeah maybe the bad winners tend to be bad losers some dudes are just annoying when they're winning and it's just like it is what it is you know uh, i mean there, that's just it people get smug or like kind of but it's all part of the. it's all just and i mean you and i play very high stakes over the years so that world is of course just kind of speaks for itself i always loved playing with you like i know some people maybe didn't over the years because you're such a great player and also can be intense but for me like it never I, I just was always thankful to kind of collect the ideas playing with you and just sort of observe the uh, uh the jungle and that would maybe be another tip to players always find the good in all your opponents find what you can take even some yo-yo who's not even really a good player who's like a raging asshole at the table and and like all this does sometimes do something really well. They, they, might, they might find a play or find a little pocket of aggression or the opposite. That's actually an idea and worth kind of, so you can get ideas from anywhere, but like for like you, like you're just hilarious, dude. You're the jungle. Like you're, you're just, I don't know. I don't, I don't find you to be like an offensive sort of opponent. Like, nah, you're good. And you don't really abuse the staff, which is big for me. You're always cool to dealers and like the waitress or whatever. You know, it's all directed towards us. So I like that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to uh, direct my, uh, to have directed um, my inner rage to you and to other people <laughs> instead of the, the waitresses and stuff. Yeah, I always was kind of touched too. I could tell like you could handle losing pots to me, which I always appreciated. Like I didn't tilt you as much as some of the other guys like would really tilt you sometimes with me. You're kind of like, all right, like 
not that you ever want to lose pots or get wrecked on the river by like a one outer or something insane or i'm in there with some dust i shouldn't be in there and you get but like you know there are certain players it's just so tilting to lose a pot to them but you have to stay you have to you have to try don't show them you know <laughs> i i think i like to show them uh actually i'm not sure but the the bad winners i hate losing too uh and of by the way for everyone watching i'm going to point this out right here because i'm not a big fan of bad winners uh stop being annoying i don't like it's i'm sick of it everyone's sick of it everyone secretly hates you okay not everyone i'm kidding i'm kidding not hate and just for for a moment for a moment um i'll i'll, I'll throw that out there i like it and the thing you said about uh bad players when they do to take the good from what they're doing um you know off the table obviously that's true and even on the table it's it's totally true as well there have been like some unique situations where the fish actually is plus ev in my opinion based off of like just the way the dynamic of the game is going like if the fish is really aggressive and the other the the pro is uh you know, folding all the time and the fish is doing things that don't really make sense. Like it doesn't have to, the plays don't have to make sense. And people often get this idea of, they conflate the idea of like the rationality of someone's game with the effectiveness. Uh, and that's a mistake or how good a player is with the, the rationality of their game or the rationale and some fucking limit hand or whatever, but it's not, that's not how it works. And and even more so, um, sometimes the you know the the uh, the quote unquote fish kind of stumble on something that's not very um, not very uh, that hasn't really been explored, and they can actually discover something that actually that is quite effective. That has happened for sure. I love that. I love all of that. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I've been the pro in that scenario that you're talking about, where that exact thing i'm overfolding my money away i'm on short money underrolled in a in a in a precarious spot for me not in a great situation in my life and the quote unquote fish is is they're the captain you know i, I they're they're generating ev literally just for me folding and talking about how bad they Play. you know those days i like to think are behind me but it's like yeah i agree with everything you just said and also like you know be careful be constantly talking about how bad every everybody loves to talk about that one hand that a pro play that was so bad so they must just be bad and it's like it, it just be careful with that you know like because if you keep doing that you're just afraid that like they're better than you or so if you keep trying to find what everyone is doing bad it's like just keep an eye on that and everything else you're saying about the fish have ideas too some of these dudes are like incredibly smart they might be more inexperienced than you two in some spots but other spots they've just figured out the ideas better than you so you know be careful. The way of the samurai is to always keep an even keel and just objective and just breathe in, breathe out. You know, don't don't get too fucking hot and bothered out there. Just don't don't get too uh, too complacent and uh, too arrogant. And I mean, yeah, definitely go ahead. No, yes, I mean that's a bad combination. Please go on. 
Well, I was going to say um, I a couple things. I think, uh, firstly, with these people who focus so much on faults, and especially if you're always looking, you should always be looking for mistakes in poker. Uh, although if you find them all, you um, if you focus on only those, you can miss the things that they're doing well too. Uh, I, I think I've done that before, almost for sure at some point. Um, but definitely when you focus on the faults, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll find them. The ironic thing is I often uh, try to get some kind of reads on players and often someone will just tell me something like, uh, this player is bad, and then I'm asked, and then I ask why. Like, do they fold a lot, or like, do they? I ask for specifics, and it's like no one can tell me. Um, and it just makes me think. I, I don't know if there's some thing about not giving me information or, or whatever, but it just makes me think that people just like look at, they just have this emotion of, of this player is bad, and, and like not even really think too deeply about it. But when you're thinking about trying to beat someone, like I think the best strategy is to look at the details of uh, what makes them, you know, bad or good. And in fact, you don't really need too much to, to like put into a box that way, if that makes sense. It makes sense, but the jungle man's calibrations are, you know, some of the best the poker world has ever seen. So for you to get a few details and, tweak your ranges a little bit and then it's a wrap is somewhat unique to you and your skill set but i agree with with everything you're saying for sure yeah uh well thank you um and another thought but definitely the idea of being closed off to some possibilities on the whole uh is is uh is important. Would you say that you've taken these kinds of ideas outside of the poker table, of these these mentalities outside of the poker table? Would you say you've learned from from them outside of it, or embraced them, or were just naturally in this kind of way, or what? No, you know, I think a lot of this for me is kind of reverse engineering how I was in my twenties and even thirties, and 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 evolving and maturing and almost talking about the way I want to be or strive to be over even, you know, how I am in a lot of ways, but, but yeah, man, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've really worked on this because I was a complacent, arrogant guy. Some of that, by the way, you know, led me to the high stakes and so on. So it's all complicated because I was very fearless and just, assumed I would beat everybody and, and like that whole thing. But, but you wake up one day and it's just not like that anymore. So I, I guess I had some form of like ego uh, death as a, as a player and somewhat as a person. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. I think everybody needs a little bit of that, but you know, so those things really helped me. I've done some martial arts and stuff like that. That world yeah. is, you know, I really recommend, that for people it's beautiful you know and you, you you just you learn about yourself and stuff but all of the great masters in any walk of life see things for what they are you know you, you that that delusion and that arrogance it'll really only get you so far maybe when you're actually out there competing you you do need to let the inner lion out sometimes and it just is what it is because you know some of that is some of those primal 
type feelings or whatever. They are feelings. I mean, I, sometimes I get that with certain players and I'm coming, dude, like it's, but like, yeah, I think so, man. We're all a work in progress, but I'm trying. I saw some things in myself. They're just so embarrassing. When you look back, it's so embarrassing. And, and all my worst moments were super ego driven and, and really embarrassing shit that I, you know, I'm thankful it happened, but I just want to move forward and be objective and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that, I guess. I've never made any mistakes just by the way, never, uh, been always perfect. And uh, maybe, all right, <laughs> obviously not. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So did you find anything from martial arts actually helped you with poker? Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, just, just staying in shape and all that, of course, oh. is important. Well, yeah. Uh, stamina and, and so on. And for me, my mood is, is so much, that's all I needed in my life really was just that. Uh, but yeah, even poker wise, yes, just, just objectivity. No, I, I, a lot of things and I think it, it could really be anything diving into anything seriously you know whatever it is other things you you pick you there's crossover I'm sure you've experienced this yourself like you you can you can have a breakthrough in one thing and apply it to another thing you know just little ideas or, or whatever yeah objective unemotional and humble those three things I think all right, I like it. And uh, I'll briefly mention that I myself, when I was a teenager, I was quite arrogant because I, you know, I, I, I realized I was quite smart. So I just felt smarter than other people. And then I realized that I was quite stupid in a lot of ways. And these other people were good at things that I was bad at. And it seemed like the, the things that they were good at complemented what I was bad at. And that's how I personally got over my arrogance. I love that, buddy. A new, a new introspective jungle, man. It's, it's the new era of the jungle. No, but really, though, that's sharp, man. Good for you, dude. Um, yeah, that's just an insight that I have about applying the objectivity, uh, objectivity to uh, mental states, or excuse me, person, attitudes to have. If you think about it, in my opinion, all negative attitudes are inferior in terms of EEG than, um, than positive ones. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, hashtag positive. So, all right, hashtag uh, help me if you'll be happy. We're looking at the positive side of Hamuth's game and how he wins every tournament. Hope, you're, hope you've cracked the code because I, I don't really know myself. Uh, maybe you've taken notes and figured out the, the magic, the white magic stuff he's doing. Um, you might be well, the guy to crack his code. Maybe we're cracking it right now, bro. <laughs> A little bit. I feel like it's the white magic runs too deep. All right, Nick, uh, anything else going on in your life? Any other plans? Uh, any, are yeah. you taking post poker elsewhere? But if we have future plans and stuff coming up, I'll let you know for sure. Come back on the pod and, and share those. But right now, okay. it's just one day at a time, two card, hanging with the fam. 
I got a question for you. Live them, baby. Does the game of poker enter the family life in the sense of the tournaments or like the late nights at the tournaments or uh, or like you bring your emotions from there or how do you not bring your emotions from there if you had a bad day or does it even enter the family life in the sense of do you use what you've learned from poker uh, in your relationships? Hmm. These are really good questions. I'm not sure if we got disconnected before when I was saying with my daughter, like not to be cliche, but she makes me so happy that it, it is a way of helping me relax if we're down swinging or whatever. But yeah, man, I can wear it on my sleeve a little bit. It's hard to separate it totally is what it sounds like. And uh, you're actually goes the other way, it seems is that Maybe it sounded like if you feel bad and your daughter makes you feel a lot better and it helps balance you out. In my case, that's uh, that's what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, that's helpful to show the value of family um, or those kinds of relationships. I guess you could say friends help. Friends can be the support as well for people who aren't doing have family people or aren't family people, excuse me, don't have a uh, don't have uh kids and that kind of thing um what about the last question does this does the skills you've learned from poker uh do they actually carry over to the family life absolutely yes they carry over to every element of life uh again like being objective being able to know you've been doing something wrong and then trying to do something right or these are all skill sets that you pick up from poker especially if you're serious about it so i'm I'm eternally grateful for that. I feel I can admit when I've made a mistake better and stuff like that, because I know that feeling so well. That's interesting. I never thought of that one, that uh, it could help with admitting mistakes and realizing what they are, because it's not always obvious in communication. It's quite difficult to master. Um, and there's a lot of subtle ones. Um, thinking about it myself as someone who's not, wasn't born a social savant, um, I think there are such things and I've made all kinds of mistakes and, uh, in a really annoying learning curve. But, but you're on the curve though, my friend. So that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like it, I, I feel like I'm actually learned, I feel like I'm pretty far up the curve now, but it's hard to say perfectly. Uh, but I guess, so yeah, it's easy to. You have to sit, it's similar in the sense that you have to sift through a lot of like not so clear information and figure out what's a mistake and what's not and be objective. Definitely. Um, that'll be an interesting thought for the audience to ponder. Uh, sounds like uh, you've got to go and it's been great having you, Nick, and uh, appreciate your insights on attitudes in poker and uh and pool and martial arts and, and you're uh bringing a little bit of the family joy to the podcast uh it's been great having you likewise jungle thanks so much for having me on miss you buddy get out to vegas soon all right miss Grab you a bye. all right sure later all right see ya bye guys thank you for listening to this episode of winning the game of life Tune in next week for another great episode. Of course, 
Hit subscribe and follow Dan on Instagram at the Dan Cates.